hello. Sorry for the amount of delay. No, it's okay. As long as everybody's fine. I was I was there, prepped, ready to go, finally. And then, of course, being the individual that I am, I got distracted, and then people and Googling stuff and, and this kind of carry-on. <laughs> we spoke... Um... Uh, with the with the dev team a couple of days ago, and somehow uh, the conversation went uh, to the like uh, topic of cooking, like who who, who likes uh, cooking, who doesn't like cooking. And one of the developers said, uh, "I would love to, but the problem is that every time there is a period that you need to wait for something, I always get distracted, and then I like wake up several hours later when everything is already burned." <laughs> I, I I really enjoy cooking, but and I also would be susceptible to such a problem. So I set alarms for like everything. Like if, <laughs> if I needed to, I would set an alarm for toast. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 these jumping things, right? So <laughs> you don't need to worry. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so um, today we're also going to talk about what's cooking <laughs> in in general and uh, in BIM specifically. Um, so yeah, a lot of um, a lot of action recently, mostly related to dealing with uh, all kinds of uh, things that uh, we want to fix before the seven point two release, which is why it's still not out there. But it's because uh, if we find problems, you know, before the release, it means that somebody else doesn't find them after the release. So it's always better this way. Um, and uh, today we are going to talk about um, the development process going forward. We want to change it a little bit. We want to make it kind of a little bit more, I would say, um, not like decentralized in a way, more like uh, community oriented. Um, um, for like many different reasons, we were not very decentralized before, and for some many different reasons, we want to be now. So I, I will talk about like why, where we started, and where we're going with that. And uh, we will start kind of developing this new process. Um, that I will also talk about how I think it might work. Uh, everything I'm saying, by the way, is very. Uh, up to debate, so any feedback you might have or any questions you might have, you are more than welcome to provide. Um, yeah, that's the general idea. Um, not too many other things happened um, this week out there, so um, we will probably focus on beam-related topics. Yeah, it's been it's been relatively quiet, like. <laughs> quiet and getting quieter every week in the in the crypto space uh, but many good things coming for beam and and i'm excited to talk about the like plans for the future development uh and also excited to to hear from the community whether it's in this space or or going forward on their ideas and and their suggestions and this kind of stuff absolutely okay so let's get started uh, with uh, like uh, um, how how it all began, and uh, uh, without you know too much you know reminiscence about the early days. But uh, we started as a company. We started with a kind of very uh, centralized kind of uh, tight team. Uh, it grew larger uh, over the time, and uh, uh, even like 
after quite you know a couple of years, still most of the development uh, was done by the team and with some additions here and there from uh, community developers and people who contributed all kinds of uh, projects, ideas, systems, etc. Um, and um, BIM had like these two major periods uh, before the smart contracts and after the smart contracts. And uh, uh, right now we're moving towards the kind of end, not, not exactly the end, but uh, the end of the first milestone uh, for our DeFi ecosystem that was announced uh, quite a long time ago already, because we will um, release these first versions of each of the basic class of applications, um, the decks and the bridges, like all of those will be released uh, pretty soon. And uh, uh, once we do that, we uh, kind of, let's say in, in some sense, um, complete these kind of firm, like essential steps, right? In terms of the infrastructure, we have everything we need right now. We have all the infrastructure components. Yes, most of them can be improved indefinitely. I, I know like we are working on some improvements, for example, to the blockchain explorer uh, right now on the .NET, you can already see a updated version, far from perfect, but very uh, kind of improved in terms of showing the states of the contracts and states of the assets. So yeah, a lot of work still to be done, but at least in terms of the availability, you now have um, all of the key elements uh, to build various kinds of decentralized applications. And after the recent uh, hard fork, when we have significantly reduced uh, the cost of uh, creating a new asset, we see that uh, more people starting to do exactly that, uh, creating new assets uh, and um, using them for various different projects and ideas. Uh, we see more uh, action in the development community, in the big development support channel. Uh, people are asking questions about how to do this and how to do that. And um, uh, it means that like we, we're on the right track. But yes, it's still like very early days for, but somebody actually doing a massive project on BIM, but we do have more activity and it's very good. So we, we're going in the right direction. So in terms of um, how we have been operating until today, mostly it was moving in major like versions. So we had like the fourth version, which is right now is seven, uh, which is like major releases with upgrades and, and certain kind of uh, major improvements. And then within these uh, releases, we had uh, several milestones usually. <clears throat> so for example, right now we're working on the 7.2. So the 7.2 is, uh, let's say the minor release of this major like seven version, which is uh, since the last hard work, right? So that's how uh, we, we worked until this day. We didn't have any specific deadlines, but we did have contents for the release that we wanted to achieve. So 7.2, for example, was about the asset swap. And that's the kind of the most uh, uh, significant addition to this version. But obviously, um, we also introduced a lot of improvements to various um, components and bug fixes. Like so, so we included all that. The decentralized applications did not uh, or were not aligned exactly with this version. So, for example upgrades to, let's say, NFT gallery, uh, they were not aligned along the same uh, line of versions. So we didn't have specific versions for these applications. 
we just created um, like a new version of the contract, updated it, and updated the application itself. So the versioning was mostly related to the infrastructure components, to the BIM wallets, and to the BIM node. And a, and a small question here, just to, just to kind of clarify, is the will, will the dApps be kind of in line in general with the wallet releases, or will they be more upgraded on the fly uh, as as and when needed in this kind of thing versus the wallet releases? Yeah, so <clears throat> it actually depends. It depends on whether the application requires new features that uh, should be provided, let's say, by the wallet API. So if you don't need anything uh, outside the API that currently exists, obviously uh, the application can be updated without necess necessity to release a new version of the Veeam wallet. Okay, um, cool. During the early days, like during the last year, because uh, most of the applications were like new to us uh, in terms of um, the features that they would require from the wallet, uh, usually uh, major updates to the applications also required uh, some updates to the, let's say, wallet API, uh, because uh, you needed to get like more information, let's say, about the assets or more information about uh, uh, like for example, uh, in order to implement uh, multi-sig in, in the dApps, we needed to add some features also to the wallet API that allowed that, right? So the key management. So all of these things uh, we kind of did uh, simultaneously. We both created new applications and we discovered what they need in terms of the infrastructure support. And then we also added this in the infrastructure. So that was the process. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, uh, I have a request. So I'll let them jump in now. Hush. Uh, give me one second because I'm a Twitter space noob. <laughs> and let's, let's see what Harsh has as a question. Harsh, hello. You should be able to unmute yourself now and ask a question. Hello. Hey, Hi. Harsh, what's up? So, uh, as a developer, I tried to look into the documentation for working with BVM in order to develop certain app, but I'm having trouble uh, getting uh, it under in understanding it. So, uh, my question was, when will the... Uh, when will the documentation be improved in order to occupy more developers as that's something uh, BIM want to do and do not want to centralize the development of, of the app as well? Great question. Thank you very much for raising this topic. So we terribly, terribly suck at creating documentation. It's probably one of our weaknesses, like all over. Uh, and... Um, it's not like just, uh, you know, it's, not, it's nothing new. It's been like this uh, for, for a long time. And every time we say like, yeah, 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 we will try to improve it and we do something and we do improve it a little, but it's never enough because until today, the amount of stuff we have been adding with issue release uh, was just, you know, very large and a lot of things changed. So I would like to answer your question in two parts. The first part is, 
Whenever you have any question or any problem or something that's not clear or it's even a specific documentation that you would like to have, just contact me directly and contact our Beam developer support. And we will try to help you in any way we can because we know we have a bad documentation, but we don't want to discourage you from actually building on Beam. So we promise to try to help you in any way we can. That's the first part. The second part is that now as we will uh, kind of create this new um, process, which will be less, and I will explain in a minute, less about kind of major releases and more about uh, specific like features and community, like ideas, requirements, and uh, uh, applications. So we will also try to uh, focus on kind of improving the general experience of getting into development. We know it's a huge, um, you know, uh, learning curve to, to because it's it's C++ completely different architecture not compatible with anything else and uh, yeah just contact me directly or contact developer support and we will try to help in any way we can okay okay, uh, okay. that's uh, fine I'll try it oh. yes there is a group also called Beam Developer so yes I understand it. Uh, but uh, to uh, go ahead, uh, while other projects uh, in the space are spending so much money on onboarding uh, developers, uh, I think it would be a healthy thing to do and write proper documentation so developers don't get discouraged uh, when they are trying to develop on Beam. So if Absolutely. I ask, you, uh, if I ask you a certain question and you answer me, that's wasting uh, your time also, and it's not reproducible. So someone else had the same issue uh he will ask it again and uh that will again uh you will have to answer that same question again and again so i think uh having a proper documentation uh, should be a priority for uh, the team you're absolutely correct and uh yeah we will we will work on improving that and you're correct that uh uh we do it lost because after all it's mostly it's telegram and specific developers asking questions uh so one of the things that we will probably need to do is at least to start collecting the FAQ of things that have been already asked. And uh, maybe we'll try to use our forum better for that. We'll, we'll see. But yes, you're absolutely correct. We will have to improve that. Thank you. And yeah, we'll, we'll try to work on that as well. Okay. Um, any other questions we have? We did, we did have a quick question in the Beam Telegram main channel from BeamBots, and the question was, uh, is there any word or update that, because I, I can't find it. Oh, here. What's the status of the Beam NFT Gallery V3? Um, okay, so good question. Um, Beam Gallery V3, um, was kind of a little bit stuck behind uh, all the rest of the applications that we really wanted to complete. So right now, most of uh, like most of the features that uh, we discussed are just you know sitting there, and this is something that we will also like once we complete these several applications that are right now in the pipeline and uh, awaiting release, right? The bridges especially and the decks. This will free up a lot of people and it will free up more, more time to deal with the next steps. So in terms of the next steps, this is exactly the point that uh, 
this change that I'm talking about is going to address. So we will first create this kind of um, list of ideas, suggestions, and uh, uh, requests for features, improvements, etc. For example, uh, due to recent kind of activities, and uh, since, as you know, Halloween is coming, and Halloween is the NFT time, as all we know, on Beam, at least, uh, there have been a lot of requests uh, from many different people, features to the, specifically to the NFT gallery. It's one of our more successful and uh, kind of engaging projects. And it was from uh, ranging from, you know, royalties and up to uh, like limited edition NFTs, uh, unlimited edition NFTs. Uh, there is like a whole, uh, you know, list of uh, ideas, features and requests that we have accumulated so far. <clears throat> and it just keeps growing. So Max uh, is usually the one like who is just collecting all of these, uh, uh, you know, requests in his, uh, in his uh, notepad. Uh, and the first thing that we will do will create a process where anyone can create a feature request, explain exactly what he wants or she wants to happen. And then we'll have a discussion about that in the forum. And then we will see, like, try to prioritize between all of these different requests and uh, uh, find, like, what's going to be developed and what's the next one, etc. And all of this will take place in the forum. Now, I think that in most situations, it will be clear enough where the priority stands, so we will not need to, you know, hold a formal DAO vote on that. Uh, but if we see that there are some like very large feature requests that require for something that's really controversial, things that need to be voted on, we also have an ability to create this as a kind of official DAO vote on chain with all kind of uh, implications. Now, after this first process of formulating the request. Uh, is complete. And by the way, this process also includes the evaluation from the developer and the feedback uh, and right about the like, current Beam developers, uh, people who have uh, a good understanding of how this feature should be implemented. And so they can assess how much time it will take, whether it's even possible or like what's the limits there. And from this conversation, um, we hope to get to some realistic requirement set, right? So for example, uh, if you want, let's say, I don't know, uh, royalties, right? So how this can work, like uh, what exactly is determined by the platform, was determined by the user. So all of these things need to be part of this conversation. So eventually, after this uh, discussion is, is over, we have some realistically implementable and relatively clear specification that we can start working on. Okay, so that's that's the first uh the first part of the process. And and this uh, all makes sense. And I want to like say for those that are listening and haven't checked out the forum, uh, Beanbot's put a really good forum post up on the NFT galleries. And I personally apologize because I, I said I was going to reply and I, because I kind of knew it wasn't like the, the central focus, I, I left it. And, and then as my brain does, I forgot about it. Uh, but it, I think the NFT gallery for Beam is, is one of the really interesting, uh, one of the most interesting dApps, like now specifically, but also will be in, in one, two, three years time. So I'm definitely, firstly, apologize. And, and secondly, definitely going to jump in and, and give some thoughts, uh, some very strong and opinionated thoughts that I have on the NFT gallery and, and like the direction and, and what's happening and, and this kind of stuff. 
because NFTs, at least for me, are, are fascinating and, and super exciting, especially for them. Yeah. So definitely gallery is, is amazing. And uh, uh, specifically, Beambots really invested also a lot of effort into making it better. Um, and that's like, that's essential, essential part of this process of like kind of raising these ideas, issues, and try to figure out what we can implement and at which time. The second part is like, who is going to do it? And this is kind of very uh, controversial, not controversial, but it's like a difficult topic. It's not so simple because uh, what we want to do is we want to move to the bounty program. The bounty program means that every feature will be assigned a bounty uh, which can be combined from funds from all kinds of sources. It can be funds foundation, from the DAO, it can be funds from individuals who want to contribute or donate or what. The source is kind of one, one part of the story, like how we uh, contribute like the, towards the bounty to implement this feature. And I really would like it to be in some kind of transparent way. So maybe we will even create a dedicated app for that, like a smart contract that allows you to uh, allocate funds uh, towards a specific idea or goal or feature or sub-feature. And that's like the, the first part of the story. Then we want to understand who can uh, implement it and uh, how much time it will take or like how much, uh, let's say, man hours or like how much effort it will take because this is where the most of the problems are when we talk about software development. Software development is very unpredictable, um, not because software developers are not good at estimating their work, but because sometimes, um, you know, you think something is simple and it's not, or on the other hand, something you think something is complicated and then you find an easy solution. It's very uh, complex to try to really align this on a project basis. This is the first uh, problem. The second problem is that there there is almost no such thing as like implement something and forget about it, right? There is always a need to either fix bugs that were found later or update things as other things change, right? The infrastructure changes or something is updated, so you need to update your application as well. The support, so-called support uh, topic. All of these things are difficult to manage. And it's easier in a bit when you have a uh, you know team working full time because then this kind of you know it stretches. You can always reallocate resources. You can talk about and you know rearrange tasks and start with something uh, you know then put it aside and complete it later. When you talk about bounty based development, it's always much more complicated. And this is one of the reasons that I'm really glad that we have remained in this like more centralized uh, kind of structure until today because it allowed us to move forward very quickly, um, create a lot of things, break a lot of things, debug them, you know, create several forks in the process. And um, it would have been much more difficult or let's say not also much slower uh, because you know, you don't want to rush things. You want to discuss everything properly. Uh, it's not longer like you can just you know, say, oh, listen, can you please implement that? And then say, never mind, let's do it another way, right? Because people are working full time, so it's okay. But when you're talking about bounties, the process should be different. Uh, it should first start with kind of a more detailed discussion and elaboration of what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then we find like the best person to do it and give him the, the bounty to do this. And uh, it's better in the long term. And that's why I'm glad we're 
actually moving to this uh, to this uh, system now, but it's slower, and it's something that it's not I, like I didn't. Uh, it's not only my opinion. You can read about um, Ethereum, for example. I think people who were in the early stages of Ethereum, when they were still a small team, like uh, kind of more. Uh, uh, centralized or more like a uh, team of individuals governed, like with not governed, but managed like by uh, you know Vitalik and a few others. So it's always a trade-off, a trade-off between like this kind of bounty-based decentralization and prioritization and uh, speed. So there is always this kind of, uh, um, you know, trade-off that you have to consider. Absolutely. And I, uh, I was just looking for a, the article that you shared to share and, and maybe I'll have to share it after the space. There's a really good article explaining like about the, the early days of Ethereum and how it was a lot more centralized than now uh, and, and talking a bit about like the trade-offs in terms of speed and, and, and this kind of thing that come with that little bit of centralization versus a more bounty oriented or, or this kind of thing uh, structure uh, like now especially that most of the like really nitty-gritty milestones for beam have been met but it makes a lot of sense to to have the bounties for uh smaller stuff for things to do with like uh decentralized applications to do with the nft marketplace and these kind of things uh i think that this can can be massively beneficial to beam and also to to the people in the community uh especially the developers that are looking to do stuff looking to build things looking to get involved <clears throat> with yeah i think harsh wanted to say something harsh maybe not maybe he just unmuted himself Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on, yeah. If oh, Harsh yeah. or anyone else, if you do want to, to jump in and say anything, ask any questions, uh, let us know your thoughts, just chuck a request up and I'll accept you and, and bring you in and you can ask away. Otherwise, Telegram chat and I can ask it for you. Both okay. All right. So um, once we have the bounty available, Right. So there are two scenarios here. Uh, the first scenario is that this bounty is not enough. Like it's not enough money to implement this feature. For example, uh, let's say we have a bounty of a thousand dollars. Right. So just you know, out of uh, so obviously all of the bounties will be set in, in Beam or other assets that have a price because after all we you know that that's what a developer who is going to be working on this feature wants. Um, by the way, it can be also kind of additionally sponsored by other tokens from other projects. That's also always fine, but there should be some financial component in this because after all, somebody invested some amount of work. So this is kind of the, the situation that I expect will happen most often because um, uh, it's um, very difficult to estimate, but also uh, <laughs> uh, these things cost a lot of uh, a, a lot, right? So it's it's not like if, even a feature that is seems relatively small, like it requires usually co cooperation of several people, because for example, 
it's not just enough to have a developer. You also need to have a design for it. You also need to have uh, a QA in some way who it or, you know, uh, roll it out on Dubnet, which is, I'm very glad that we have the Dubnet to basically make things of immunity at the earlier stages. And then we can provide feedback. And then after this feedback, some improvements. So it's always this combination of, of effort from several individuals, uh, which is not very simple to estimate. Uh, so each feature, let's say even uh, royalties, right, for the NFTs, it will probably have several uh, steps. Now, we don't want it to look like something that was just glued on to the existing application to be consistent and in line with the existing design, because we want to maintain some level of usability. And uh, this means that we will probably have to make some adjustments to, to you know, existing things and how they look and how they feel and how they behave, right? So it's always very complicated. And this is kind of the most difficult situation that I envision we are going to, to have to deal with, right? Um, do I have any idea how it's going to go? No, not exactly, right? I never worked in this system before. Uh, I, I mostly worked with, you know, dedicated teams for dedicated projects. So it will be new for me as well. Uh, it will require um, from all of us, right, as, as a community, um, a lot of control. So for example, uh, if you see that something is not moving, something is stuck, something needs a decision and nobody's working on it. So it's kind of our own mutual responsibility to try to kick all of these things, you know, down on the line towards the goal. And uh, um, it's not because we're all lazy, like I personally am, but I, you know, well, the developers are very hardworking. It's because there is going to be, I believe, a lot of interesting requests out there. We will need to prioritize them carefully and we will need to see how we can implement them. So it will require kind of this mutual, mutual effort. Um, and then we will need to find kind of this middle ground of how we can make this work. Uh, because like, I, I don't imagine there will be like such huge bounties that will just cover, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. They just, you know, build my royalties here, take home however much money you, you want, uh, and, and just build it. That's not going to right. So we will have to really work hard on this of figuring out an efficient way of building things. Yes. Attracting developers and documentation is one of, one of the points that we definitely address. But regardless, it's going to be uh, it's going to be challenging. That's that's what I imagine it's going to to be. Like I don't think it will be simple, especially not at first. I think at, with time we will gain more understanding of how it works, how we can do things this way. But at least at first, I expect it's going to be quite challenging. And uh, like I personally am kind of uh, <laughs> working towards the this uh, this expectation that it's going to be. Uh, a major hustle for me to make this work. Um, I think it will be very good long-term if we manage to bring this barrier and you know just uh, get to this model and, and make it working. But I also don't want to end up as the projects that we see uh, with, I don't know, Ethereum, right? A great example, once again. Things that are taking years to complete. Uh, I don't want point as well. I want it to be like both uh, more decentralized, but at the same time move a little bit uh, faster than like waiting several years for a feature.
<laughs> yeah, the old the old S two soon TM was was very very long process. I I have a bit of a question, and and what spurred the question is a comment from Unseen Shadow King in the Telegram chat. He said, "Most important, in my opinion, is to catch the attention from white hat hackers." And so I guess my question is. We've spoken a lot about like uh, bounties in terms of features, in terms of like improvements and this kind of stuff. Would there also be some kind of bounties uh, more on the side of securities and and this kind of stuff? Security rather than securities, sorry. Um, So... Let, let me let me think how to answer that. Um, there is always a problem when, um, like, what? Yeah, obviously. So, okay, let me start from a different direction. Until this day, uh, like, we have uh, been paying relatively small bounties for relatively minor uh, security issues, mostly in the website. Uh, like, nothing can you know critical was was like discovered like that. Uh, there was one time when we were approached by a group of white hat hackers that said that they uh, found a severe vulnerability in the code. But uh, after the investigation, by the way, we we, we gave them uh, like we didn't give, but we we locked uh, the bounty in uh, in the next row, and then they provided us with the code. And then we found that the bug that they actually thought they discovered was actually in their you know experiment. It was in their code. So there was no bug. They just kind of played with the code, and then they created the bug themselves and reported it. And they were extremely polite. They said, oh, oh so we're sorry, our bad. They returned the money. So that was the only kind of uh, situation over these last four years that we have uh, been uh, kind of close to, to you know, a bug being discovered. Um, obviously, if somebody comes forward and says, listen, I found a severe bug, we will do anything we can to uh, compensate this person. Uh, you know, if it's a bug that somebody like usually the way it works, uh, from what I hear, is that somebody steals you know million, and then returns ninety million, right? Something like that. Yeah, and and like this is, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I shouldn't laugh because it's obviously like money that's belonging to someone and this kind of stuff, and and I myself have been a victim to to certain things as well, but I I can't help but find that. A little bit humorous that often the bug bounty is like kind of thrown out after the fact to try and to try and uh, get some of the money back. And, yeah. and one of the most one of the funniest examples of that was one of the most recent as well, which was the Mango Markets one. Did you see about this? Uh, yeah, I. I, I... I heard, like you told me, that this uh, person actually came forward and bragged about it in Twitter. Yeah, and and what I didn't say during the call earlier is that they they hacked Mango Markets and then they created a proposal on the like Mango DAO or whatever it is, uh, and said like, "Hey, we will give you a bounty of like forty million or something like this," and 
and not seek any like uh, legal kind of consequences for you. <laughs> and they, of course, like made nice. a proposal and then had all of this stuff that they had to also vote in the proposal and this kind of stuff. And, and it, was, it was a very, very like, what the fuck kind of a moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's this kind of modern uh, hostage situation, right? So you you, you have enough, uh, you stole enough uh, voting power to basically make yourself uh, uh, yeah. uh, free of the accusations. That's great. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say here is that we 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 never published a specific number. Like, you know, somebody who bug will in such amount of money, and also it will not be feasible for us to pay. You know, let's say somebody says, here, I have your, like, uh, I don't know, $100 million. Uh, give me 10. It's like, we just don't have that kind of money, unfortunately, right? I wish we would. I would gladly pay it, but we don't. Um, and uh, that's why um, we always, like, we never ignored any information that was supplied to us from people who claim to be, you know, to, f to have found security flaws. We always to them, we always try to figure out uh, what happened. And in most cases, we paid. It was relatively small amounts. And once again, we're like mostly things around the blockchain, not in the blockchain itself. Um, yeah, so that, that's the current situation. We will definitely address any any issues that were found. Uh, but regarding the exact amount of bounty for that, we are not currently in a situation where we can just, you know, uh, and by the way, I heard some projects uh, talking about setting very large bounties to avoid exactly such situations. Yeah, and, and and I mean, it makes sense. Like, if if a project has a huge kind of treasury and this kind of stuff to to give like decent bounties and this kind of thing for for such situations. One one thing I do find really like interesting is that the majority of like these big exploits and this kind of stuff are more on the DAP side, like the, the decentralized applications, uh, whether it's like manipulating markets to, to take some funds or using sort of problems with the DAP's code and this kind of thing, uh, rather than like the underlying infrastructure and this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, we, that were hacked. We saw address generators that were hacked. So yeah, we, we saw a lot of things happening. Um, Okay, so ju just to bring us back to this process point, because I think it's very important, and obviously this is just the beginning of the long road, but uh, one of the things that I would really like to do is to uh, either create a new Twitter space specifically for the developer agenda, or, I don't know, maybe use this uh, Twitter space and this time frame. we will need to, to see like whether we want to have a separate Twitter space for that, also, obviously, your input is very welcome. But I would like to spend some time each week uh, doing two things. First of all, reporting the progress and reporting the status. And it's also very much for me. Because once, like, let me give you an example. Uh, once we have set up this Twitter space, I have never missed it once, uh, including times that I was on vacation and, you know, in, in all kinds of different places. But the very fact that we have this format which is constant and you know at the same time every week uh you remember at first we would bi-weekly and then you said let's make it every week it will be better it will make us more kind of on track yeah and I, I mean this was this was my main reason was because i would struggle to remember which week was it on and which it wasn't and and i think that we made the right decision and and personally have a lot of fun like 
in the spaces. I think I might have missed one. Uh, apologies. But I, I have a lot of fun in the spaces. And, and I definitely also think that it would be really good to have like a development specific one uh, surrounding what's been mentioned in this space, uh, outside of this space. Because I think there's a lot of, a lot to like cover what we what we usually do is like cover a lot of the general crypto stuff when there is and, and talk about Beam a lot as well. Uh, but mostly from like a ideas kind of perspective rather than the nitty gritty stuff uh, on the development front and, and the bounty stuff specifically. Uh, so I think that would be very like uh, very useful for for everyone, to be honest. And I'd enjoy it. So <clears throat> I also think that we should do it every week, even if the update will be relatively short, like, yes, this effect, this was delayed, that's, you know, even if it takes like several minutes, doesn't have to be a full hour necessarily. We'll see. We'll see, right? It depends on, on, on how it goes. But uh, it would be very beneficial, I think, for, for us uh, as a community to have the understanding that every week, BIM team and, you know, BIM and the community comes together, talks about uh, the development status, and uh, uh, it creates a very, um, you know, kind of structured format that we all understand. Another thing is that even discussions will start in the forum, eventually they will be converted into issues on GitHub. And uh, the reason for that is, uh, even though the forum is much better for discussions, GitHub is much better to linking the activity and the, the issue to the, to the code, to the specific pull request. Uh, you understand like where, like wh where the code is, what's doing, what's going on in, in like low level technical uh, implementation details. Even though uh, GitHub added recently uh, a separate module for community discussions, uh, I still think the forum is a better kind of starting point. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then basically inside the forum, there will be a link like uh, un under the specific we uh, create for a feature request. Once we reach the point of the discussion that we decide that we have enough information to start working on that, uh, we will create an, uh, an issue on GitHub and we will link it. Uh, and also if we uh, created a specific application to contribute funds or like for bounties, et cetera, we will also try to link uh, a specific issue there. It creates a lot of structure. That's how we worked uh, until today. So for those of you who has visited our GitHub uh, and uh, uh, looked uh, at, at the boards, like uh, every board is organized per release, like 7.2, what are the open issues? What are the issues in progress? And then we have like several stages, uh, you know, testing, tested, and then ready for like deployment. Uh, we also had a separate board uh, for kind of design tasks uh, for some projects. Like for example, when you have a DAP, so every DAP has two parts. It has the smart contract part and it has the like visual UI uh, application. So we need to create a design for that. And the, uh, the designs were located in Figma, which was not open to the public, but the copies of the screens, uh, in certain cases, I think even the link, but the link I think was closed. But the, the screenshots were always included um, in, in the issue itself. So it was very easy to track uh, how it looks, like what's exactly the idea of the UI there. And uh, uh, 
once again, like it depends. Like some some things are obvious, right? So it's just you know adding a field or you know some change. But some things actually can be uh, can lead to uh, very heated discussions. Um, uh, do you want to hear a funny story? Absolutely. Um, like, be your guess. Uh, we're talking about like uh, the Beam Wallet, Beam Desktop Wallet specifically. Like, what? It's not even a feature, or like, what thing created the most uh, discussions and deliberations and arguing and fighting and I don't know a lot of things in, cool. inside the, the Beam Desktop Wallet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a clue actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's really funny, but in fact, it was whether we should show the blockchain height on the main screen. Ah, okay. Okay. And why, or, or what was the different kind of sides to it? Yeah. So, uh, there was a, a kind of, uh, uh, conflict between two. <clears throat> two two groups. The group that wanted, uh, you know, kind of uh, the blockchain stuff should be obvious, right? We have a blockchain height. It's very important information. We can see it move dating here. A new block is created, right? So let's uh, let's see. And the other candidate, yeah, but you know, we are talking about users here. They just want to send funds. They want to, you know, do their activities. They don't really care what block you're currently on necessarily. You want to see that you go to the blockchain explorer and uh, like I, I was in the, in the camp that was uh, for showing the blockchain hide and, and the changes because when I open the wallet, I don't know, click on the, on, on something and they just want to see when it's complete changes there. Like I can and go it and ch check out the result. Uh, but I lost in that specific debate uh, to the usability camp, which was, you know, for hiding this information because it's not user friendly. All of these numbers out there, like who needs that? Uh, and uh, right now, the only place you can see this information in the Beam Desktop Wallet is when you go to settings and inside settings, there is this small section, general, I think it's called or something like that, or network, I don't remember, where you can actually see the current block height. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, like personally, uh, uh, one of the first I think things that I will I will create as a feature request is to yes to to add this information. Then we will you know <laughs> we will hear the input from the community whether they they want it or not. But yeah, so these kinds of things, uh, you know, how to implement certain features, how to structure uh, you know UI and applications, they sometimes uh, go into lengthy discussions. Uh, everybody has an opinion, you know, uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's healthy, uh, and we need to uh, obviously address all of these ideas, but also at the same time, um, uh, you know, know how to manage this this process uh, so it doesn't go on forever, right? Yeah, absolutely, and and especially like coming back to what you mentioned earlier about while opening up things to bounties and this kind of stuff, it can kind of create some. Uh, I mean, it definitely slows things down, but it can also make things drag on almost like for what feels in crypto like forever. Uh, and I think that's kind of important to find a good balance between like everything happening in a more decentralized manner, whilst also being able to move and, and things be able to improve and, and increase like uh, as they should.
Yeah, like when we started to discuss this uh, internally, uh, immediately <clears throat> there were like a lot of questions raised about you know the technical process. Uh, do you do um, kind of a prepayment? So the, <clears throat> you promise somebody, I don't know, uh, some amount of money to do something. And then what? Like, do, do you give some advance or do you just expect somebody to do the work and then trust you to pay? Or do you create an escrow and how does it work and who, who releases it? Uh, and how, like so many things. Like, for example, when it was regular, I don't know, regular kind of stuff, it was very clear there was somebody getting, you know, the money for amount of, but not amount, but by, it was basically a salary uh, and then providing an invoice and like, it was very, very kind of straightforward because this process is, uh, you know, covered by international laws, whether you're currently located in, wherever you pay taxes, wherever you do your accounting, you just, you know, there is a way to work with you. Uh, when it's bounties, it's kind of, for me, it's, it's much more uh, uh, difficult to understand exactly how these processes should go. So I will have to do a lot of learning as well. Like we in general, as, as BIM, will have to work it out. Um, I think at first, at least, we'll approach this on a case-by-case basis, right? We will do a discussion with the person. So if, if it's somebody I know and I can trust that, you know, it's not a problem. He, here we go back to the trust thing, right, inside the blockchain. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I can talk to a person. I can say, okay, like, for example, somebody wanted to do something and then worked on it uh, for, I don't know, for a week. And then he said, oh, you know what? It's not possible to do this or I can do it, right? What do you do this in this case? How do you handle that? There are a lot of interesting uh, dilemmas here. Um, I will really appreciate if you know uh, projects that work like that and, you know, not Ethereum, like not two years or whatever, uh, but projects that really make this work, uh, especially smaller projects like we are, I would really love to uh, get references, maybe talk to, to uh, you know, uh, R&D managers there or people who are responsible for this process and learn from them. So if you have ever heard about such projects, I would really love to hear about them as well. Uh, if somebody cracked that or, you know, found a good uh, working, uh, uh, you know, uh, structure, I would really love to, to hear about that. Uh... I, I, now I'm coming to the top of my head right now, but I'm sure someone something. So please let us know in, in the Telegram or let us know on Twitter or this kind of thing. Uh, I had a, a kind of question: When or where will we hear more about in text? When will we hear or see more about like the structure and, and the intention and this kind of stuff to to give some feedback on from the community? Yeah, so uh, we have our newsletter tomorrow, uh, and uh, I will prepare this outline uh, of things that I have just kind of described, broad strokes. I will try to uh, put it and, you know, uh, detail it as, as much as I can, like provide as many uh, different uh, cases as possible. Uh, and we will uh, create, uh, I think in addition to the newsletter, uh, newsletter, I think we can also uh, create a forum post out of it so it can also have discussions of its own about the process in general. Um, and uh, uh, this is how we will get started with that, right? So it's definitely like the first steps. Um, and what we're going to do uh, starting um, like 
once the 7.2 is out, I hope it will be this week, but I said it two weeks before, so I don't know. Uh, I hope currently we'll find no more issues. But once the 7.2 is out, we will actually start this process. So we will create the first list of features. We might be able even to, to do this earlier for DApps, right? So for DApps, like most of the requests right now are from, from uh, NFT marketplace and some other applications. So we will start there. Uh, and we will start working on that, right? So like uh, we, we will see how it goes. Um, yeah, so I, I believe that uh, until the end of this month, we will have something, you know, initial running, and then we will just, you know, work on improving it uh, little by little. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is this is like important to emphasize is that like the initial kind of structure and this kind of thing will continue to be improved upon and, and this kind of stuff. So if you are having any problems or think that something's an issue let us know and, and we can talk about it and, and look at ways to improve it as with everything uh and and as you mentioned tomorrow it will be in the newsletter so a quick plug if you haven't already head over to substack and and sign up uh, for the beam newsletter that comes out weekly on mondays sometimes it's a little bit late but it's always there yep a lot, a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, and and I think there's a lot of work like on the community front as well in terms of like getting familiar with applications, getting familiar with the new features and this kind of stuff with uh, the guys over at Nephrite looking to launch soon with the asset swaps, with the decks coming up. Uh, there's going to be a lot to do and a lot to say on top of uh, and I think personally that it's a great time to be to be like sort of knuckling down and and learning and getting familiar with these things. Yeah. So recently, I I, I was really impressed with the uh, uh, amount of kind of new uh, ideas, new people joining in, like with you know interest in developing things with Beam on Beam, uh, and uh, some of the projects were uh, really impressive. And I really would love to to you know. To make this work and create this kind of uh, really working structure, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit. I admit I have little experience in this kind of this type of development. I think it's time you know I learned as well. Um, and yeah, I like uh, I hope it goes well and we will put a lot of effort in making this work. Not going to be easy, at least at first, not for me. But uh, yeah, let's see with with. With your help, I hope we will master it. Absolutely. Exciting times ahead, I think. Definitely. Um, just to uh, kind of clarify something about the big things. So in terms of the overall like the strategic roadmap of adding Ethereum virtual machine and creating the sidechain infrastructure, this point does not change. So it's not like we... like. Um, we, we are trying to start with like these uh, minor releases, but the next hard fork is moving on just as it was uh, discussed, as it was planned. Uh, in general, that's the direction that we're going to. We want to add EVM to Beam. We will be able to run uh, Solidity uh, smart contracts and Ethereum-based applications uh, on Beam. And we will also try to create this uh, um, approach where you can take beam and run it as a side chain or run it as a, 
uh, application-specific chain. So this is something that remains on track and uh, uh, you know goes nowhere. So it's not like we're changing the course in any way. Things were, will continue as promised. Okay, and I, and I think that's a very exciting thing uh, in the pipeline as well. One of the many. We have a request from Dirty Rusky. Dirty Rusky, uh, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, <clears throat> I know this is kind of like off topic. Maybe I just smoked too much weed, but like you guys came out with the Beam uh, anonymous name service, and I was just wondering, is there any way with the Memblewimble protocol and the nature of it to implement the Beam the anonymous name service to some sort of a messaging system like uh, running on Beam chain as well, like where I can send private emails or messages, which might take time to confirm, but they're still private and anonymous. Yeah, so uh, great question. Uh, the topic of an anonymous messenger based on Beam uh, was actually raised several times by several different people, both within the team and out. And um, the answer is, Yes, it is possible, and it's possible in several different ways. So it's possible to have it like really on chain. It's possible to have it as SBBS, uh, like kind of add-on on top of SBBS because SBBS messages are also encrypted. They're sent directly. They're much faster. They don't require uh, confirmations. You can also have a hybrid structure where you have this kind of I don't know, depending of where do you want to put some checkpoints on. Uh, on uh, on chain now the why it didn't happen or like why didn't we go this way is for several reasons first of all um it, there's never been a consensus between us all uh whether this is actually something that um you know will, will really bring benefit on top of existing services such as uh you know proton mail if we talk about emails or uh, you have, for example, chats that are encrypted in Keybase. Uh, I'm not going to talk about WhatsApp and Telegram that say that they are end-to-end -end encrypted, blah, blah, because nobody believes that. But uh, there are several services today which provide you with this functionality. Technically, it's possible. Yes, it's not a small uh, feature. It's, it's a project. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that's definitely worth raising and discussing. Um, we do have some elements today that are uh, using our SBBS to broadcast messages, both about the price changes, uh, not as an Oracle, but rather as this usability feature. Obviously, we use it to create transactions. We use it for broadcasting of atomic swap and the asset swap uh, uh, offers. Uh, so yeah, we, we do have it. It's not free text form. So there is no um, kind of way for you to just type and it will be sent to another wallet. It can be done. It can be done. Um, once again, like this is, for example, this is a great example because this is a feature. Like, if we would have been developing it, uh, you know, just like a, a team, uh, the first step would be to create a proof of concept. And the proof of concept is this kind of minimalist implementation uh, of this functionality, just to see how it works, how it looks like, like how do you use it. Um, uh, by the way, one of the uh, I would say features that wanted but never were able to implement in, in a good way is an address book, right? Because like, how do you send message to someone? How do you know this someone? So you have an address, but in Beam addresses, most of the addresses are temporary. So 
back then in the day, we didn't have uh, a permanent address, uh, like a permanent offline address like we have today. But um, it was very difficult to understand, like, okay, so I want to send, let's say, if, even funds to somebody in the address book. How do I ident identify them? How, what happens if the address expires, whatever, if they are not online? Like, so there are a lot of questions there, right? So the first kind right. of step, yeah, would be to implement this kind of proof of concept and then see whether it looks like something we can use. And, you know, if yes, then turn it into a feature. So yeah, I think uh, with the introduction, introduction with the bands, uh, I think uh, it may be something that I don't know. It's it's very interesting to kind of like look into, just with the fact that what's happening in the world, and uh, there's really not many competitors to Proton Mail and stuff like that to where you can send secure encrypted messages and know for a fact that they're going to be secure and encrypted. Um, I think maybe you know it'd be good for someone to maybe try to build something like that on Beam. Definitely, definitely something that, uh, uh, you know, will be a feature request uh, at the early stages and will be discussed, absolutely. Okay, any, any, any more? Anyone else? All right. From my side, no questions, and I cannot see any in the Telegram chat. But Jody Rashke, that is is a really good question as well. I, I think, and and seen it many times in the Telegram chat, uh, and and something that's always kind of comes to mind and thought of, and this kind of stuff, and and especially as you mentioned, it, it makes sense, like kind of as an addition to to bands and this kind of stuff. Uh, I think bands is is a wicked application, and if you haven't already. Uh, head on over to it, see what domains, what dot beam domains you can get, and and throw in some some uh, requests for that domain. You can buy them. Uh, all the information is on the forum as well. If you have any questions, yell out. All right. So great. Thanks everyone for being here. Uh, we will continue updating you tomorrow in the newsletter and in the forum. And we will get this process started during the next. Uh, so first of all, that like the outline of the process will be on the forum. So if you have any comments or ideas or suggestions, uh, just you know add them there. We will tweet about this as well. And uh, we hope to start this process actually, you know, kick it off uh, uh, at the beginning of next month, uh, probably with the DAP features, uh, and uh, and then we will just uh, you know take it away and see how it rolls. Thanks a lot. Have a great time of day wherever you are, and uh, we'll see you next week, if not earlier. Absolutely. See you all next week, and, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.